Hello, you cool cats and kittens. Just kidding. This is not Cuckoo Carol Baskin.、Uh, this is Ruby Alter, and I am here with the hubby, Ryan Alter. Hello, hello. So, Ryan and I have been、um, thinking and really talking about doing something new, something fun,、um, kind of get our creative juices flowing、um, as. We are quarantined together. <laughs>、um, so, what do you think, babe, about creating this podcast and really just getting our thoughts out there? I think it's a super cool idea.、Um, I was a little bit not surprised, but happy, I guess is a better word when you brought it up, because I think it's awesome to have somebody else to talk to during. These t y p e of things. I've been listening to podcasts for quite a while now, and then, as you know, record my own. And it's funner when it's two people because you have the back and forth, especially if there's a little bit of debating going on or opinions.、Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it makes for a funner, funner show. So I think this could be a lot of fun, us doing a wide range, you know, range of topics and things like that. And so let's just see where it takes us. Awesome. Yeah, I think I totally want to piggyback on、um, really getting nothing specific <laughs> out of it, but really the sole purpose of doing something together as a couple and maybe even finding some intriguing topics that our listeners would,、um, you know, would think is interesting and would like to chime in on. So, with that said, I know that we talked about being quarantined together.、Um, it's such a really uncertain and strange time,、um, I think, for all of us.、Uh, and I know that you and I have talked about some of the challenges that are one of the biggest challenges I think、um, you've come across, maybe as a husband, as a dad,、um, as a Property manager, you know, just the different roles that you play in life as a friend, as a son,、um, grandson.、Um, and also, just like the surprising silver linings that you found through the past few weeks. Yeah, it's definitely,、um, I don't know if the right word to describe it, it's such a like word, probably over and misused, but like insanity is what comes to my mind, kind of just. The sheer craziness of this whole thing is like really perplexing and mind blowing when you try to wrap your head around it. It's, you know, I'm 42, gonna be 43, and I've never experienced anything like this in my life ever, even close. Obviously, the two things that come to mind for someone like me is the Bay Bridge earthquake in 89 and then 9 11 in、um, 01. So those are both like really shocking and kind of. Events that took the country by storm, but that for whatever reason seemed like kind of a few days, right? And then life for the most part went back to normal. With this, it's you know, as normal as it could get, yeah,、right? as normal as it could get. And I think with this, it's like none of us has ever seen anything like it. It's like weird, it's not like being in a movie, but almost. It, almost, yeah, like reminds you of a movie almost in a way, like 
when are we going to wake up from this and it be over? And yeah. that's just not the reality. The reality is, is that this is far from over. It's just kind of beginning. And it's really, really hard for, I think, to be honest, normal people like me and you, when I say normal people, most people aren't scientists and uh, experts in viruses and things like that, right? They have, mm -hmm. the, we have hard, hard times wrapping our minds and brains around what the hell is actually happening right now. Well, I think you also have to, like what you said, the, um, the timeline and the duration of, it's not a single event, right? It's not an earthquake that happened in one day or a terrorist attack that happened, um, in one day it's ongoing and not to dismiss the importance and the severity and the seriousness of, you know, the two events that you mentioned, but it being the longevity, the longevity of it is also the scary part. Um, so I know we, we can easily go down that rabbit hole <laughs> and talk about how freaking weird this whole thing is. So I guess, um, to stay within my timeline of what I want to talk about for the sake of it. <laughs> Let's talk about, um, again, I think your biggest challenges or the silver linings that you've found in the past couple of weeks. I think appreciation for life is like a natural emotion and feeling you experience when your life is altered, right? For, and at least for how you perceive the negative or the worst, which this has to be, right? And mm -hmm. you, everyone's losing their jobs and or having their hours cut back, some some type of effect on their job. Mm -hmm. um, you aren't allowed to go to the store. You aren't allowed to go to the movies. You aren't allowed to get on an airplane. You're not allowed to do pretty much anything. And so when things like that happen and, and – they're immediate. It's kind of like effective now. You can't do this, 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 and this. It's so just like the sole change of your normal routine. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably mm -hmm. something that is, you know, why people are probably still a little bit in shock and kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, when is this going to end? Why is it like this? And they know why to a degree, but we don't have all the answers, which is another thing that makes this whole process scary, right? They don't mm -hmm. have a vaccine for it. There's for me personally, I I've repeated this a lot over the past month, but the fact that me and you could be sitting here right here on the couch having the disease and we don't even know it. Right. There's tons of people that have gotten right. it with zero symptoms. Unknown and again, uncertainty of it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the kids being home or just like that change in your, um, I guess like daily home life and home routine? I thought about that and I am fine with it actually, because I feel like they're, they're very adjusted and they're fine. I don't really think our two kids being nine and five next couple of weeks here. I don't really think they're even That's old crazy. enough to wrap their heads around what's going on. Jackson's going to be nine, but yeah, it, even him, he's still very naive to what's going on. I think both of them, it's kind of like a vacation, a stay at home yeah. vacation. They don't really, no, they're totally living their best life. I mean, yeah. what, what can you ask for? What else can you ask for? They have, um, it's like a restaurant that's open 24 seven for them. Mm -hmm. and, Snacks and right. Yeah. Um, electronics or like TV time and phone time or what have you. Um, I think that 
for me, the biggest challenge is definitely the space because I'm so used to, even though I, you know, work from home, right? I have just like such a structured day. Like the kids are gone for the most part of the day. And then we spend the afternoon or the evenings together. Um, Now that's completely (laughs) I've changed. I mean, it's 24 seven that I am surrounded by people, which is, um, again, probably one of the biggest challenges through this. And how about your silver linings? Like, what are you? I definitely have enjoyed spending time with you and them like a lot. Um, And I mean, when I say a lot, like I've enjoyed it a lot and it's been nonstop other than certain times when I have had to go into work to do appointments and things like that. Mm -hmm. But the, the fact that we've been together as a family, just the four of us has been cool. And I definitely will look back on that fondly. I've enjoyed it. Um, You know, people start to really wring each other's necks. We've had our moments where we've been irritated with them and things like that. But I think they've been very, like, very few considering how much we've been together at home, you know. Yeah. And I think what I was going to go back to a little bit with the kids is they're so young and they're going to get through this just like we are, just like we all are, hopefully, right? Every life is important. I am a believer in that, even though you don't know these other people that are getting sick and dying and stuff. You still feel for people that go through that, but you're also at the same time grateful that it's not you or your family or friends, right? We're some of the lucky ones at the moment, but kids have resolved. They also um, are pretty much seeming immune to this for the most part, and they're going to get through it. And our kids will be in that same category Mm -hmm. and they'll look back on this and kind of maybe one day have some type of, appreciation or not appreciation but kind of like whoa we really went through that that was crazy you know mm-hmm. whereas for me and you it's very real you know it's very much like we need to put food on the table we need to pay our right. ho- house bill we need to pay our car bill and you know it's scary so that i'm happy that they're in a comfort place where their minds aren't scared mm-hmm. of losing what they got type thing you know yeah that's like a silver lining to me is that my kids are happy, healthy, safe, and they feel like they're at a staycation. Right. Um, well, I think, I think with, it goes without saying, right. That one of the other challenges, I'm sorry to go back to that is the, of course, not being able to see family. Um, I think we've FaceTimed grandparents and, um, aunts and uncles and friends, um, through this. So I think for me, my silver lining is just how advanced our technology, um, and what's available to us to be able to do that. And other silver lining would be, I have to agree, just like the, the times that you get to spend, um, with the kiddos. Right. And it's almost like it's, forced time because <laughs> uh, before it's like, Oh, I'm so busy with work or I'm so busy with a, B and C. But um, this time around, it's really being able to spend time with them because you don't have a choice. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time too, it's, there hasn't been a lot of, or at much at all between the four of us, like, Oh man, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of like, you know what? We're it is here. What it is. Right. It is what it is. We're dealing with it. And we're mm-hmm. I think me and you have always been the type that's like put on your 
your shoes and pull up your bootstraps and just get it done. Put your big girl panties on. I, I, we wish it wasn't like this, but we're not going to be the ones that are acting like, you know, schmoes and going out there and breaking the rules with how this thing goes because we're taking it serious like you should, right? If you've, right. Like I said earlier, the scary part is not knowing but who you, has it and whatnot. You could, If we could be out there with it, we could be infecting others. So. But don't you think it's so, um, it's so hard to even fathom the thought that being so passive or being so passive is doing really the most thing that you can do, which is stay home and stop going out. Stop, you know, like you went to go visit grandpa and you stayed like 10 feet away. Right. Which a lot of people are like, not even doing that. Right. Um, And I think grandpa is even thinking like, Oh, you know, he invited you in (laughs) Um, not realizing that this could easily be, you know, like much more serious. Yeah. I think there's, you know, everyone has different outlooks of it. I, I, it's really hard for people, I think to take some of the drastic steps that people are, so to speak. And I don't know if you want to even, if that's even the right word drastic, but me and you both, and we've seen others, we're all washing our hands in warm water every two seconds, right? Or using mm-hmm. hand sanitizer. People are out there wearing masks and gloves and things like that. And, and so even then, you know, it's it's not like the walking dead out there, right? When you go out. Not and, yet. And, no, not yet. Yeah. But when you go out and you're going to work or you see a ton of cars on the road, you see people at these establishments where there's groceries and other things like that. I called it. It's April 1st at 8 o'clock that it's going to be like the walking dead. Yeah. We're not, we're not there yet. (laughs) We're definitely not there yet. I think though, what it would take probably is as these numbers rise and they inevitably are gonna, and you're going to see more and more people getting infected and more and more people dying. You're going to start, so start to also see more and more people take it more serious, probably panic a little bit. You're definitely going to see more and more cabin fever as time goes on in the next few weeks too because ultimately people are just going to get sick and tired of being at home and around the same people or if they're even alone you know how crappy is that i know even for people who like um have their privacy and and independence Mm -hmm. they still are able to go out and do what they want to do right if you can't do that you know unless you're somebody who's used to just constantly being at home by yourself and you aren't bored or lonely or um, you don't cherish the independence part, then, mm-hmm. then maybe, maybe then, yeah. So, I don't know. You want to? Um, let's take a break, and then we'll get into something else, kind of revolving around this time at home too. Show thing. All right, welcome back, you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> I really will stop saying that. Um, so I know that we talked with just, I guess, a high level overview of my thoughts and your thoughts in regards to being quarantined at home, being quarantined together, um, being home with the kiddos, and just the um, really how 
perplexing this whole pandemic is. Um, but I know, like most of you, we have also done a lot of binge watching in the Alter household. Um, and I know that we visited some shows that we haven't watched it in a while and also some new ones. Yeah, I think that TV has really changed to me for the better the last like five or 10 years. And binge watching has kind of been created through, in my opinion, Netflix and Prime, Amazon Prime Video and Hulu, right? Because people can get these shows access to them and they can watch the whole season, boom, start to finish. And that's where the term, I think, binge watching came from, or at least where it's been like discussed all the time at nauseam the last few years, especially since Netflix came out. Well, I read a stat the other day that said that since COVID-19 or coronavirus has put most people at home, TV watching has gone up like 40% in America, which well, is like staggering. nothing else to do unless you're creating a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the 1% of us. Um, well, it's easy to fill your time, right? If you have you have free time and you're at home, that's like one of the most natural things people are doing. Right. Some people are obviously a lot of people I guarantee you are eating more because they're at home constantly and you're constantly near your kitchen and your pantry. And, and yeah, everybody's probably guilty of that. I'm hoping and we just exercised tonight, right? Together. That was something that was cool. We got to do it together. We did different stations on the treadmill and other things and it is a good time for people at home to exercise. You don't really even need a gym or weights or stuff. You can create your own pushups and other calisthenics type thing. And it's so, but that's still like an active activity versus a passive one. Um, like again, binge watching. Right. And it's so challenging. I mean, I used to go regularly, uh, wake up at the crack of dawn. Right. And, because I don't have that structure since um, they closed down, I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's harder. It's harder to have the initiative, mainly because of the mindset of people right now. You're also at home. You're just more inclined to lay around or do house projects, maybe or watch TV. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's what we were discussing earlier. We wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about this and we do on our own anyway, all the time with groups of people when we're with friends or whatever, right? You always talk about, oh, have you seen this? Have you watched that? <laughs> so you want to get into some of these shows? Yeah. Okay. I mean, are we, we should maybe um, separate them by which streaming service, right? I know we have a few that are, I mean, Netflix is definitely one of our faves. Um, I think Netflix is really it's got to be the most popular streaming service in America. I don't even think it's close. I have not looked it up. Uh, I mean, maybe we will at some point. You're going to fact check this? No, I just think <laughs> it's obvious, right? They also have the most content and right. they have the most watch content. I mean, when people are like, if you're on social media or even the internet or wherever, that's what people are usually, when they're talking about shows, it's usually shows from Netflix. Right. They have to have the most subscribers. When, when I'm saying they, I'm comparing it to, Hulu, Amazon Prime, even HBO um, Now, Disney, any of them. I would guess Netflix would probably have like double the members than any of those other hmm. ones. That's a good um, 
I guess hypotheses. I wonder if it is probably. I would, I would put money on it that they have double because like, again, one of the reasons also is it's like really um, affordable. Like mm-hmm. we pay 15 bucks a month, but that's so we can have it on multiple devices and we can watch it on our phone if we wanted. Not that we do, but we just have options with it. Mainly if we're on it and the kids are on it. Right. You don't have to like kick I one person off. I forgot that they changed that. Remember when they used to have the DVDs and it would come to yeah. your house? Yeah. My mom did that for years. I thought you did too. No, Towers. I've never done that. No. Well, no. D- Dustin used to do uh, Redbox a lot, I think. Oh, but right. but not not Netflix by mail. My mom did that for like the longest, even after streaming was available on her own TV. She still <laughs> did the mail thing. So Hi, what, what, um, <laughs> let, let me give me your, like your go-to shows. We'll talk about some of these, um, that we had kind of so talked about earlier. When give you me say your, go to, give select- me your favorite Netflix show. Oh man. Well, as of recent, I want to say, Shit's Creek for sure, because it's light. Um, it kind of takes you away from, you know, just the stress and doesn't give me any stressors for sure. So it's a good escape. Um, and it has Chris Elliott. No, that's <laughs> not why I watch I that. It's probably if I could get away with not having him there. That would be great. Um, you love him. He's just funny to me. I've always just liked his like his character has just always been kind of that that same role he is on there. But it just you know it's just funny. I don't know why. Where where else has he been on like that year? He was he had his like own sitcom a long time ago on Fox. Really? Yeah, it was called like I'm a Loser or just something like. Something like that, where he was like 40 and living with his parents and he was a paper boy. And I can't remember it now. It's just, I've always just, I don't know. I'm sure that title is not accurate. You're like the worst storyteller when it comes to. I know. But he did have his own show, sitcom on Fox. And he he did have like a paper out and did live with his parents. I just don't remember the name of the show. Okay. But what other like he roles? Something about Mary. He played Woogie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He also was in Scary Movie with like the little hand. Yeah. Uh, he, creepy little hands. yeah oh my gosh Shit's creek is good mm-hmm. um what i like about that show is kind of it put it together for me is when you said like they got the idea from watching the kardashians and then saying what would happen if these guys lives are this upended and they just were in some like podunk poor you know farm town that they had to like live their lives there you know right and i think that's super cool how they kind of just had that idea or thought and then it transformed into a real show and they made it happen. Shit could happen. Yeah. Um, well, so funny thing about Shit's Creek is I know it's it's a Canadian um show and another Canadian show that I am just in love with is Working Moms. So I think I have like a little pattern here. I'm I must like Canadians or their humor. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Working Moms is an awesome show, too. I always get hooked on your shows. I know. Stop, which, which, like, watching my shows. <laughs> you get irritated with that. I don't know why, because it's better than me sitting there and bitching about your shows, right? I know, but then I, like, binge watch it, and then you get mad because you haven't caught up, and it's ruining it for you. <laughs> well, we don't have to worry about that now for, well, yeah, a, for a little bit. <laughs> um, I know one of my shows that's coming back, and it's not on Netflix. It's on HBO. It's Insecure. Yeah, Insecure is a good show too. And I know. See, you got into Insecure as well. I'm not. I mean, I wouldn't Actually, say I got into Insecure. I, I like Insecure, but I like I don't like have to sit there and watch it every Sunday when it comes out. You know, there's other shows I've, I've enjoyed more. No, I mean, there's even episodes last season I didn't watch of it. There's definitely, you know, I can't help it if you don't enjoy top-notch quality shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm and a few Spare of the others. Spare me. Spare me. That show is just so Well, you've gotten it. But you know what? There's so many shows that you try to get me to watch. So Curb, it's just a whole different ball game. It's it's not the show itself. It's Larry David. Yeah, and that's he's kind of doing his job exactly. by making you mad, right? Or pissing no, you off with how he is. No, because there's a certain there's certain shows where I hate the characters, but I still like watching it. So Chris Elliott would be a good, um, yeah. You know, I hate Roland. That character is so annoying. He looks filthy, but I love the show. Curb, on the other hand. I think that he is what's wrong in the world. And I know that that is some serious shit, but that's the kind of person I don't want to be surrounded with. Well, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, it's, and it's to me, I've heard, I appreciate it's very funny. Just the stuff that it's the topics that they bring up. And it's basically he says and confronts people or says things that, most of us are thinking and we just don't say because it comes off as rude, right? It's like against how society yeah, perceives there's a things. reason why you put a filter. It's because you don't want to hurt people's feelings. Exactly. So why but his, but his, that? a lot of his isn't like the last episode I watched, right? The, the, him, he was there at lunch with Vince Vaughn and Jeff and one other person. And then the waitress comes to the table says, how are you guys doing today? And they say, good, I'm ready to order. We'll take this. And, she, and they go, well, how are you the doing? Ugly, is this the no, ugly no, restaurant? No, no. Oh, okay. So they ask the waitress, how are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm all right. I've been better. I have diarrhea. And then she walks away. And then these guys think about it for a few minutes. And they just put down their napkins and get up and leave, right? Yeah, okay, as well, I who, would. Okay. And then the next time they try dining at the restaurant, they sit on the, on the lower floor to avoid her being in their section. She comes down there and waits on them anyway. And she brings their soup out and she drops sweat into their soup right in front of them. And they refuse to eat it. And so finally, when they're cornered about it, or Larry is, he finally admits it to them why he's not eating the soup. Which, I wouldn't eat the soup either if someone's sweating the soup. It's just so, like, simple shit that I cannot get with. Like, it kills my brain cells. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's that's understandable there's believe me you're not the only one there's certain people out there who hate that show and there's others who don't it, it's very similar to seinfeld it's just in a whole different um platform because it has hbo where you can swear and you can be more risky and i can and actually like i can stand seinfeld like i've watched 
Well, he wrote Seinfeld. I know. So that's why I'm just, we can totally have freaking five episodes of why Curb should not be on the list to binge watch. Let's anyway. I'm, I'm gonna go back to Netflix for a minute. My okay. favorite show, I think, overall on Netflix is probably Stranger Tiger Things. King. <laughs> no, ti- ti- I'll get into Tiger King in a second, but Stranger Things I love because it reminds me of growing up in the 80s and okay. the like the long hair and like the whole sure. certain situations in there. And then I also let me tell you something. If you're one of those people out there, and I'm talking to you guys, whoever's listening, all three of you. <laughs> Hi, um, Mom. Don't. <laughs> You shouldn't be bitching and moaning, okay, about shows being unrealistic, okay? I can't stand that, man. I really can't. If there's a show or a movie that's fiction, that's what it is. It's make-believe. It's pretend. It's for entertainment. But you have these schmucks who sit there and go, oh, that's over the top. That's not realistic. It's a show. It's a movie. It's not supposed to be. So I get Stranger Things is like, in like another parallel universe on part of it. And it's Mm -hmm. like about these little kids who have some monster chasing and stuff, but it's highly entertaining. It really, really is. And it's got humor in it too. It's got really good acting. And those kids are like, they make the show. The only thing that they've struggled with is that when you base a show around kids and you keep bringing back the same characters and kids, they're going to be like 15 times bigger when the next season comes out. Right. And so that's been a little bit, I think, of, of an so issue you, for you them. you think the nostalgia of it, though, for you, right, is definitely a key. Um, that, that's definitely a key. Why. I think the strong acting, at least in my opinion, there mm-hmm. there is on that show. It's not completely corny. It's like, you know, believable for what you're watching, right? We both know what bad acting and good acting and in between is. And I, I personally think the acting on there is good. The other one that's hot right now and always has been since it came out, it's very over the top and not realistic, but it's so good and entertaining is Ozark. Mm-hmm. Ozark's like so creative and awesomely written. And Jason Bateman, he's one of those guys that reminds me like of Ben Stiller, right? Where they have this like shtick that just always works, right? They, they It's almost like they're like the kind of regular guy who's either getting yeah. like crap happening to them or... <laughs> the bad end of the stick or straw or whatever you want to call it. You know, they just, but they play that role. It's like so a regular well. Joe. Yeah. Marty bird. He's a regular right. Marty bird, you know? Um, wifey though is kind of putting on her, her queen crown on and making some big moves. See, that's when you, we were talking about, you don't like Laura Linney, right? The girl, the lady no. and see, but that, but I still is that somebody show. who does their job though, because She's a good actress to me. And you not liking her is like her. No, I've never, I don't like her as an actress in any movies she's done. Yeah, I can respect that. I mean, sometimes you just have people you don't like, and sometimes you have people you like. I, me personally, it's not like I think Laura Lenny's some Golden Globe or Oscar type actress. You know what I mean? I think she's one. But she's, I think she's a, she's a good actress to me she is she plays that role uh, of i don't even know the wife's name right now off the top of my head but um she's good at that role wendy wendy bird yeah she's no ruth ruthless now, ruth well we can tell people too what it, you meet sometimes and it's in my opinion super cool mm-hmm. when 
in our relationship, right? If we start testing these shows out together and checking them out, mm-hmm. and when we get into one of them at the same time that we both like, it's super awesome. Mm-hmm. And that was like Mindhunter for us. Yes. Right? On Netflix. Yeah. I think that what's mind blowing, <laughs> no pun intended, for uh, Mindhunter was the fact that the actor who plays Holden um, is the voice of Kristoff. Yeah, that was also a He's also a, a, a Broadway um, actor. Um, and he's Leah Michelle's BFF. Sorry, I went down like a really bad rabbit hole, like a looking him up. You went on a Holden rabbit hole. I know. No, the show is so- super awesome. Be- and he is like the perfect um, person to play that part of that he does. But the, the way they depict that the FBI was like in caveman land is what I was always fascinated by the show from the beginning, right? right. The, the FBI looked at these killers like mm-hmm. Ted, Ted Bundy and Charles Manson and all of their those guys. profiles yeah, and their just, psyches, which of course, you know, I'm, that's like my, well, they weren't my world, right? I know. But what I'm saying is what's really intriguing to me was that this was happening in the 1970s. So, well, I guess it's about 40 years ago. Um, but prior to that, that it's such a foreign um, concept to them. To think that there's so much more than sexually driven crimes um, when it comes to, you know, um, trying to solve like certain cases. Uh, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. And they, they did it. What was mind blowing to me is that they were so hard headed about opening themselves up to going and talking to these serial killers, so to speak, mm-hmm. so they could get inside their minds and how they tick and how they work to help better themselves going forward and catching future serial killers and people who had thoughts and, and, so and actions like they did. Right. What's so this is, I think the timeline to me is what's um, really weird is because when you think about um, the different, psychologists right or the theories when it comes to you know like freud or um like pavlov like i think those are like some of the theories that they talked about these um these studies were happening like way before the 70s so how come that wasn't put two and two they weren't able to put two and two together like you know so that's what made that show intriguing to me, um, the actors for sure. And I don't even know who, is it Thad or Tatch, his partner? Yeah. Like Bill, I love. Bill Tatch, right? Right. I love yeah. his character. I Very good. And then the only thing that I found on him was that he was um, in Fight Club, which I don't remember yeah. his character. But maybe because he was like way younger. So anyway, Mindhunter for sure is so good. Great show. Hey, let's uh let's take another break and then we'll come back and, and we'll keep delving into some of these streaming service shows and, and some recommendations and debating a few of these other ones we haven't discussed yet. We'll be right back.
We are back. Now, I'm kind of glad that we waited to the last big segment to talk about the Tiger King and Joe Exotic. Oh, man, what a wild ride. No, um, Tiger King, we both watched. I did not think you were going to make it all the way through, especially after the first 15, 20 minutes. But once you get through that, it's one of those shows. It's not going to sit there and win an Emmy for like it's it's whatever, but it's something you kind of can't. be so surprised. Yeah, you just can't stop watching, right? Because of just the insane madness and just how wild and crazy the things were in there, at least to me, you know, it's just, it's stuff that you, when you're not around that, it's, you can't wrap your mind around it, you know? Which I think 97.5% of us is not around that. I don't know anyone who owns tigers. Yeah. Or exotic animals. Yeah. So yes, the first 15 minutes was scary. And I think I looked back at you a few times and I just looked at you like, are you effing kidding me? Like yeah, I am. Like, turn this off. Yeah. I'm like, I am going stupid by the minute that we're, we have this on. And then sure enough, we watched all seven hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, I'm pretty sure I'm seven hours dumber. From. Yeah, it definitely, it, it, the thing that, that shocked me the most is that there's like 4,000 or so tigers like in the wild, but then there's like 10,000 here in the United States. Like it's just insane. Like I don't, like you said, I don't know a single, the only person I know who even owns a tiger and I don't even know him and it's just a celebrity is like Mike Tyson, right? But other than that, I, if there's 10,000 tigers here in the United States, I've never met someone who owns a tiger. I've never met anyone who's been to these Tiger Farms, where like it's an up and close personal experience. Um, it's kind of funny though. the The weird thing is, it's like a whole different business, right? Whether no matter what your business is, your business at the ultimately is is driven to make money, right? That's the point of owning a business, and this is no different. And to see them list mm-hmm. some of the prices that they are charging people to go and have these like where you're like sitting there holding the tiger and cuddling with it and petting it for like hundreds of dollars. Right. Or now I, it didn't shock me that they were breeding and selling them for like five grand because it's an exotic animal. It's not, you can't go down to the vet right now and get a tiger. Right. It's, it's nobody has tigers. Well, that we thought not until you heard there's 10,000 of them. I'm curious if, did they show Mike Tyson um, in the documentary? No. Because I know they showed Shaq, which... They didn't show Mike Tyson. Which um, Shaq didn't... He say something about it, like, I am interested in, like, wildlife, but I've never bought a tiger. I don't own tigers. However, my friend from work, actually, who also watched <laughs> Tiger King, um, said that she could have sworn she heard Shaq during the documentary say like, or they mentioned that he bought two. Do you remember that? I thought, I thought I remember that. Yeah. But I don't Mm. know what happens at certain points. In my opinion, I think that a lot of people probably go down that road of like, let me buy a tiger. And then maybe two weeks later, they're like, what the hell did I do? Right. Because as I you, mean, you must be on some good stuff if, like, one day you're just like, let me buy a tiger. Well, not only that, like, what we've discovered, like, 
the cool part about the documentary was just learning how those animals are cared for and what goes into taking care of them. Right. And one of them was like the crazy amounts of money they had to spend on feeding them was well, just mind blowing. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, how much food our kids actually consume as they're quarantined yeah. <laughs> at home. Like, do you really need to eat that much applesauce? Yeah. So, it's, uh, let's also state this too. We, but we're both in agreement that Carol Baskin for sure killed her first husband. Right. Oh, I did not agree to this. Really? <laughs> okay. The only thing that made me even, you know, my first, cause I was like, oh my gosh, she's like such a sweet lady, but and then she started getting like towards seat or episode four, maybe five was when they started showing the other side of her. When she said sardine oil, like, oh, well, if you really want to kill someone, or want to get eaten, then you want to cover them in sardine oil. And then she giggled. So when you look at her demeanor and her body language, that's what that's what made me think that. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, like, why would you, if you did that, agree to do this documentary? Like that is like stepping right into the limelight. And she has like a YouTube channel. Like, well, she's obviously narcissistic. And to some degree, right? She likes hunter stuff. She she likes being in front of the camera. She likes the attention. So that to me made sense, right? It, you know, and the other thing was you're talking about at this point in time, what are you gonna get her for? A murder from like 40 years ago? It's already past the statute of limitations or whatever. It's not that was in the seventies. I think so. No. Maybe the eighties. It wasn't it was a long time ago. You could tell by the home videos with the husband and her. Or the home videos with him in it. It was like a long, long time ago. But anyway, Tiger King is something that I recommend. It's that, a that good escape, just like it is, and it's great. It's a little bit mind blowing and and crazy um, to me, like to wrap your head around if you're if you're not familiar with that stuff, which we weren't. But it's cool. Just it's it's educational. It's entertaining. It's funny. Sometimes a lot and of it's like, just plot like what am I watching? Yeah. Right. Like the plot twist, like just kept going to the point where I'm like, this has to be fake. Like you cannot make this up. Yeah. Some good reality TV. Like I think that if they had gone through like the actual um, reality show that they were filming, it would have been, it would have done good. I don't know. What else do you have, babe? I think um, if you wanted to do a couple more, the so your your show that you like on Hulu is Handmaid's Tale. You recommend that, right, to people? Yes, I just don't know when it's coming back. The next season, it's it. The thing with Handmaid's Tale, and I think I got into it when I was. No, it can't be that long ago. I want to say I was like on maternity leave. That's when I really, when I usually start these shows, when I have the time to do, to binge watch them. Um, but that's probably the only thing on Hulu that I actually watch. Yeah. I think prime, we both enjoyed Jack Ryan. Oh yeah. And um, the bodyguard. I don't know if the bodyguard oh, still, yeah. if the bodyguard's still on prime, but that was an awesome show. I can't believe it's only one season. 
Only six episodes too. There's the other show that we watched on there that we didn't write down here because I think it's gone. But the one with the the dude from um, that played Christian Gray, that was good too. Oh yeah. I can't remember that show right now, but that was with that was Spectre. awesome. Yeah, and he was basically a serial killer. Yes, this yeah. is pre Fifty Shades too, and it was like a show from Scotland. Right? Was it really? I think so. I didn't know that. I don't know. I'm sure we're throwing a, a bunch of assumptions on this pod that we'll not check out. <laughs> <laughs> if Jackson was here, he would be correcting us half the time. I know. Um, you started, what is that? Bosch? Yeah. I think Bosch is an awesome show. The, like what I've watched of it so far, it's a little bit slow in the beginning, but it's it's kind of it's got a good lead character and he's got a good um, storyline and background. It's about him being an LA cop that just doesn't kind of fall in line, like with the whole cookie cutter way that the, the political game wants him to be. And he's got good instincts and he's a good cop, but he's also made a ton of mistakes and just kind of squeaked around getting in trouble for it essentially. And is just a thorn in like the superiors kind of sides, but ultimately is like a good guy at heart but just has a lot of kind of issues and rough around the edges. But I, I think it's a really good show They they've another staple or, you know, way you can tell a show is good is once it hits like season four or five, then it's, in my opinion, has reason to be labeled that because shows just don't stick around that long, typically mm. unless they're good in some manner. Mm. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, was, what were you watching last night where they mentioned Randy Jackson? Oh, Step Brothers. Yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, man. All right, guys. That's going to wrap up our first episode of Rants and Raves with Ryan, Ruby and Ryan. I don't think we introduced that No, in the beginning, but I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, that's what it's called, right? Raves and Rants. Or Rants and Raves. No, like Raves and Rants with Ruby and Ryan. It's four R's. It's a lot of R's. That is. Um, really hoping that we can get some folks um, to call in and join us. I'm really curious to see how everyone is dealing and finding ways to cope through this. Um I was telling you, I'd love to have grandpa on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll get into that next episode. We'll start trying to promote this. Our friends and family probably have some free time where they can check this out. And hopefully if you guys, we invite a few of you to come on here and talk with us, you'll do it. You know what I mean? Got nothing better to do right now, you know? I'm sure they have better things to do. <laughs> um, but... If you find yourself wanting to do and talk to us, um, talk about nothing at all, you're more than welcome to join. All right, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you soon. Well, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>